everybody and welcome back to another episode of Punditry on a Pint. It has been a while, I know. I don't know how to tell you what has happened. <laughs> we have had um three lost episodes because of a hard drive crash. So wait for director's cut, boys. Yeah, come on, director's cut. Some sometime with only with only like Amar's audio, because like that's the only thing which was saved. <laughs> Listen to Amar, that's it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is the official return of Vaishnav yet again. This is not fair, bro. It's like that last game I played was erased from everyone's memory. Yeah, I know. We finally found him. You guess where we found him? <laughs> he was he was out cold behind a dumpster, man. Like, completely <laughs> jumped out. Come on, now. I went out for brunch. What can I do? <laughs> yeah, I'd like two months later. Eat. You're back. Gotta eat. Gotta eat, bro. I see. So there's like a lot of gap between what you said and engineer behind a dumpster, but I think we'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> I mean, okay. Okay, but um, we're going to be talking today about the record-breaking manager sackings in the Premier League, which have happened this <laughs> season. There are thirteen manager changes, which is absolutely insane. Two clubs have changed the managers twice in this season. One, of course, being Chelsea. one being uh, southampton both of them being not where they want to be with chelsea mm-hmm. in the bottom half of the table and southampton bottom of the premier league there have been some very controversial sackings there have been some which have probably happened a bit later than we expected let's start off with the most recent one which is not actually graham potter it's brendan rogers at leicester po um he's been at leicester for it seems ever and One really interesting stat about him, which I read, is that ever since he came to Leicester, he has the most number of wins in the Premier League out of everyone apart from the top six, which is quite an interesting record. But seventeen losses under Graham Potter this uh, under um, Brendan Rodgers this season that is <laughs> absolutely insane, right? How how has this happened? Like, what has gone wrong for them this season? He's been there for them, like as you said. Like it seems like it's been such a long time, but it's. I mean, if you look back, it's just nine twenty nineteen. Although it's four years, and apparently that is his uh, longest stay at a club, like in his managerial career. Damn, he hasn't been there at a club like as long as as he's been there for Leicester, and like you, there are there have been memorable moments though, like. If you remember, they won the FA Cup with like against Chelsea. If I remember, like that was the that first ever FA Cup win, and right. then they won the Community Shield after that. He's gotten them to like two European like campaigns. Like I think they finished fifth in both those seasons, and then then they ended up in the Europa League and they fell down to the Conference League. They even reached the semi-finals last year of the Conference League, yeah. and then like they went out from there. So like. there have been really good moments like so it goes to show like why um, like the owners at leicester were like reluctant to sack rogers because like they are fucking grateful people and then they don't chop and change like usual other premier league clubs are there but like with 10 games to go now and like as you said 17 losses this season it's been like one hell of, one hell of a fucking season for them and now it's high time that they make a decision they've promoted two coaches from within uh, somebody called adam sadler and mike stovell one of them is a goalkeeping coach but like their caretaker managers right now 
so like let's see how they go but apparently they're they're like in talks to get like jesse march right now that i saw a tweet from romano half an hour ago saying that like like they're awfully close to getting him so like let's see how that goes but do you think jesse march is a good fit for the way the season has gone so far cuz jesse march himself got sacked for having a team in a relegation battle which didn't expect to be in a relegation battle which is exactly the same situation which lester are in so do you think that that are they in the relegation battle like full on they they're 19 sorry if i sound like an idiot yeah they're bang in the middle so man yeah i mean there are there are what like from um lester in uh, 19th to wolves in 12th there are six points so mm. pretty much the entire lower half of the table is almost <laughs> in a prim- in a relegation battle but um yeah po i mean do you do you think uh, jesse marsh is going to solve the problems and what even are the problems like what is behind this horrible horrible season they've had so the thing is like apparently like from reports and shit like rogers like whenever he joins a club he sets out his game plan and the tactics and and he lays out the groundwork for how he wants to play but in case he hits a road bump he's usually one of those people who don't try to look for solutions tactically or change the game game states but rather try to get the players to stick to his initial plans and that as you see i mean if you remember back in like liverpool yeah liverpool like liverpool right yeah yeah mm-hmm. somebody <laughs> just say yes yeah okay yeah i mean like we saw that we saw that go down the like storm drain as well no like after a few years like he usually gets his team to play the way he wants them to but then like couple of years later or 3 years down the line like it spirals out this year like lo- there have been like issues not just like from he- from the tactic side of things but like the administrative side as well last year they f- they were awfully close to breaching the financial fair play and they were not able to procure more players because of that uh, this is partly due to the fact that like their like the people that they have had like their contracts they've been steadily increasing the amounts that they're paying them and like apparently the ratio between the contract like the the wages to the revenue is around 85% for them right now so that's lot that's a lot and they're not able to offload uh, quite a few players as well like schmeichel was a an outlier he he was the highest paid paid player for like 120000 a week but like he went to nice and that helped them a little bit but then they've made some signings which haven't worked out like sumare um yeah fucking uh, i was a sumare fanboy still am yeah everyone had sumare as that underrated guy who can like come to a big league and become even even daka no that boy he also came to replace wadi yeah i mean dennis dennis pret i don't know like i don't know how to pronounce his name but like couple of belgian players Westgard yeah so all these people like that Rogers went and signed uh, Ryan Bertrand he signed like so these kind of players like it didn't work out in his favor and this apparently all started like a, a last year when they lost the FA Cup third round or fourth round tie i think against the rivals Nottingham Forest 5-1 or 4-1 so i mean that was like a massive collapse and after that he said like you can see these players aren't meant to be world class they're none of them are making it there like he's come out openly and then he said this and this is like affected the players mindset and like their belief in rogers as well and most of these players apparently have 
seven of them are down to their last year in the con- in their contracts and yeah. i don't think most of them are going to sign for the and lester in a situation where they can't go out and spend big money as well so all of this put together he's had to backtrack and say like change his stance in a couple of players just so that after realizing that lester can't go out and get replacements for them so right. it's been like a sad sad way to go and like i i bet you guys remember the around the same time they lost the spurs as well like 2-1 with like two uh, steven bergwijn goals in the 95th minute and 97th minute mm. like so right. yeah. yeah that started that started off a trend for them like they've been losing games towards the latter half of the game usually around the 80th minute mark or 75th minute mark and like they've been like right. completely overrun they they start off good but towards the end they trail off they don't have enough stamina they don't like players can't play the full 90 minutes so these kind of issues and squad belief is not at an all time low right now so all of this put together it was bound to happen like actually you know what let's let's move on to another manager who very openly has criticized his players and who hasn't <laughs> been able to get his team to do what he wants to do on the pitch which is antonio conte who got fired um a week before uh, brendan rogers um that last game vaishnav where they were comfortably leading 3-1 against southampton 15 minutes to go looking like okay finally they have some momentum to concede two late goals like that against the bottom place team in the league um with all the problems which spurs have been having and conte has been having and the players have been having and the board has been having and everything like that final blow i think was the nail in the coffin right like everyone knew he had to go after that like everything you said i sort of hit hit the nail on the head but i think conte like is a dime breed right so firstly there's the he's had a pretty fucking tough year a lot of people close to him passed away he's been not a lot of but i mean two of his closest friends that's a big deal Yeah, exactly. He's had pretty big loss in his life and coming off the back of the pandemic nobody has been in the best sort of mental place. Right. And then to go through loss, go through pretty surgery, invasive surgery. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So like these aren't things like man, if somebody goes through this at a normal job in a year, you're probably taking a couple fucking months off to figure out Absolutely. life, right? Yeah. Like nothing is as important as I mean, yeah, you want to get paid, but work is work even if you're a football manager. and like what i said about conte being a dying breed i think that is like that's something i find super interesting in football because i don't think it is a breed that will ever die is in as much as i don't like saying it but the anti football manager i don't think that will ever go away because you have to have the yin to the yang you have to have people like pep klopp and uh, how even to an extent nagelsmann who are playing like super expansive attractive cutting edge football but then you also have to have like for lack of a better word caveman who just want to lump it up and get somebody's head on that ball and there's nothing bad and or good about either playing style right it's about implementation execution and what happens yeah. but i feel like like if you just put your so i'm not a fucking professional footballer so i don't know how it will feel to play in either of those systems but if you just put that to your everyday life if you like what you're doing at work yeah maybe doing little more work is fine because you're in it but if every day is a fucking struggle unless you're getting something like a massive paycheck or something out of that, that that is like directly proportionate to how shitty it is to do it's going to be hard to get somebody to do those like to follow those orders for lack of a better word so when you set out as somebody who wants to stop the team as i speak i feel like i'm like overly simplifying it but he is a sort of a manager who likes to set up with a back five or a congested space 
and doesn't mind if the other team has a majority of possession and even chances. Mm. The idea is you snuff out the chances, you deal with it, and you hit them on the break, and or you get your moments in the game where you have to be clinical with players like Kane and Son. It's fucking possible. Kulisevsky is a he's a great player. Like no matter what happens, I mean, great player. Yeah, some very decent midfielder, so very conducive to that system. But I feel like a, as a player, when you're not doing well and you're not winning because of this, like the dark arts, right? If you're not winning game in game out like a Mourinho team, if you're not going to keep winning and actually in contention for a league title and or where you want to be. It's going to be hard. It's going to be easy to just cop out and be like, nah, this isn't for me. I don't want to do it. Like the smallest hurdle is going to seem like that much more. Yeah. So I don't know if it's fair to just blame it on a manager. I don't like to do that in general. I don't think it's fair to just be like, oh, it's just this guy's fault. Because man, has so many moving parts, right, at a football team. But I think that was an uphill battle. Like the fact that he sets out that way. I, I think like the, the thing about him was that he was so openly and publicly frustrated with the players, right? Because... Um, the thing with Conte is it's exactly what you said, the style of play. And that style of play only works or I would say you only have a happy dressing room playing that way when you're winning, right? Exactly. And winning with those principles, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if I'm off, oh, fuck this guy. I'm going to, if we're going to play 20 minutes with just random like football because we're 11 guys on the pitch and we can figure it out. Moments of brilliant sort of a situation. But when you are winning because you have shut down the opposition and you've dealt with certain players on the opposition in ways directed by someone like Conte, yeah. it's going to just give you more more and more and more faith in the system. And to take it back, if City are losing, City are losing. If Arsenal are losing, Arsenal are losing. Right? But it's probably still going to be fun to play that system of football because you just like play. Like No matter where you're playing, no matter who you are, you want to... Even a keeper, I'm sure, deep down in their souls, yes, you want to save goals, but everybody wants to score. Like that's why we're there. So, like, I feel like it's that's it's sort of there's that dissonance there between what you just want to do as somebody who's made it as a professional footballer and the reality of how to win because sometimes you're just not as good as the other team, and that's just a fact of life. So, right? do you think like I mean that leads to a very interesting conversation where do you think that modern footballers and maybe at, let's talk about the top clubs, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm talking about like Premier League clubs and like Bundesliga clubs and whatsoever and all those. Barca left the chat. Yeah. <laughs> but um, do you think they have lost that joy of gritty football and like grinding results out? Like how the the Italian teams used to be like, how Jose Mourinho teams used to be like, how Conte teams used to be like, because he's won a lot. Great fucking question, right? That's like, this is like, we're getting into philosophy at this point. But the absolute elite of any sport, even if you're playing 500 passes vertically, backwards and sideways, you are grinding it out. Right. Like Nobody's just letting you, oh bro, come play. This is like when we used to play five-a-side tournaments back in Bangalore. I'm sure anybody from Golconda, Amar, if you are listening to this, you we've played teams that are just levels above and at that point you're just like okay bro we'll fill space here you play with us for half an hour we'll go get one up after this so like <laughs> there is that part of it right but at that level those margins are so much closer what you say definitely has some truth to it because i feel like with the amount of access we have to watching football from everywhere like i think somebody from the paralympic league or something like that won the push cuts this year and i've seen that goal like two and a half months ago on twitter and i was like Bro, this is crazy. Like, these guys are playing somewhere randomly and we're able to see this, like, 
everywhere. Like you can see just brilliance of football. Okay, you just you just see clips that makes you feel like playing football. And I think players are the same way, right? Because yeah. players are also going to want to be associated with better YouTube highlights than than just clearing a ball out because you just want to do that. And obviously, it's centered around. But like as I speak, right? You look at Madrid. You look at teams that are actually the most successful. Yeah. <laughs> Half of the results are grinding. It yeah, out, right? but but I think Madrid are just like that's just. Yeah, power and friendship. Yeah, yeah, like that's just <laughs> a totally different thing, and and we. I love that man. That's an eyebrow lift. Carlo with his eyebrows, bro. Yeah, they are just operating on a on a totally different level. Another playing field, yeah. Yeah, but you've got to have that, right? And I think that's where like history of a club, what people expect, managers' history, players' history, that also plays into it. Because when you're at Madrid, yeah, Champions League, La Liga, win that. That's all that matters. Right. When you're at United. 15 years ago that's all that matters yeah. when you're at city now all that matters is winning the champions league so like and if you're at spurs today what is that what is what is that uh, expectation survive <laughs> wake up tomorrow <laughs> drink coffee in the morning brush your teeth open your eyes when you're alone <laughs> right i think it's best to leave it there then. <laughs> But okay, let's move on. Uh, one of the te- uh, teams which I want to talk about um, because I find them a very interesting case study almost this season is Southampton. Um, like I said, they are uh, one of the two teams who has changed managers twice this season, um, sacking firstly Ralph Hasenhutl, um, all the way back in November um, after a four-one loss at Newcastle. At the time of his sacking, they had got just twelve points in fourteen games in the in the season, and um, he was replaced by Nathan Jones. Um, now Nathan Jones, for those of you who don't know, he was the um, manager at Luton, and Luton last year it's it's like one of the lowest budget teams there is in the championship, almost got into the playoffs, which was like a huge huge deal for them. So. It was a punt. It it wasn't like you know. It was giving an upcoming manager a chance, and it failed quite miserably. In fact, so he was sacked in twelfth Feb. He was the manager for just ninety four days, and I read this really funny stat that if the World Cup break hadn't come in between, he actually would have been the quickest managerial uh, sacking in the Premier League history. The record is forty days, and I think his would have been over in like thirty eight days. He, I mean, they he had eight games in charge and won one and lost seven. Mm. And um, it's, I mean, Southampton seems like one of those Premier League clubs which have totally kind of lost where they are. Um, they always used to be that team which had a steady supply line of young talent, and whenever they went and sold that talent, they'd go and replace them quickly with people who are. Good enough for the Premier League. Good enough to keep them in the Premier League, right? And that cycle right now seems to have broken because you look at that team, and you're not even. I mean, Lavia is probably the one midfielder who's getting some attention right now, and yeah, he's, he's insane. He's balling like he's he's too fucking good. He's insane. Yeah, and by the way, City have a fucking forty million buyback clause for that guy. No, I thought it lapsed. They they're not in for Lavia. I don't think they have any option to purchase him back because I saw him talking. That buyback buyback clause apparently uh, activates in twenty twenty four. Like maybe there was one which expired, but there's one which activates in twenty twenty four. So they might have played the long game here, which is just absolutely irritating. But 
uh yeah coming back to southampton i mean it's one of those teams which has nothing going for them they they're not good at scoring goals they have the worst goal scoring record in the league and they've conceded 49 goals now as we speak they're playing city and that could be 55 by the time the final whistle uh, blows so um yeah i mean it's it's kind of um, sad cuz they definitely are going to get relegated i don't think they have it in them it's again one of those situations where i feel like when you are in a situation where you are, where you know you're going down i would stay with the person who has been with you from the start right um i would stay with the person who did get you a lot of success i mean southampton's version of success let's say it like that um you just been mean though okay yeah success is success da it's always proportionate no yeah that was unfair boy akshat this week that was that was a little bit cheat cheat i mean not that any southampton fan was here till this point because they have given out quite some time but yeah but still it is which we don't need to be that mean also yeah so. okay fine <laughs> that was a little bit of a low blow yeah, bro um but but again it's it, i just asked the question that are they going to get someone than hasan better than hasan hootel right now exactly i i don't think they will right and i think that goes for a lot of these um clubs who are at that uh, lower end of the table right now where if you are maybe staring at res- at relegation i think it's better to maybe keep things stable so you have a good promotion bid um in the future and rather than you know trying to shake things up and then suddenly you're stuck in the championship for a much longer time po um you wanted to talk about your ex arsenal legend who got sacked patrick vieira um he i mean he was sacked when crystal palace were still relatively i think they were 12th or 13th they weren't really um doing too badly in terms of their position but they had 11 games winless in a row so uh, again like what went wrong there it looked like things were good he has a good young you know group of exciting players what what happened there i think it's just like a lack of confidence i don't know what bought that on but like the players seem like they've been lost for a while during that whole shitty run from the start of the year they hadn't won a single game under vera this year 2023 i'm talking about so like i think the first win was under hotchin now like against leicester which ultimately led to rogers being sacked so i feel it was a sense like it was just a lack of confidence and belief by the, from the players they have like as you said like crazy young like talented footballers out there like led by uh, zaha and he's still like kicking it about like he's still freaking like the front man for them but still they could not like turn that into wins no like you've seen that throughout like 11 or 12 what was the number 11 11 yeah 11 winless um, before he got sacked but before that like viera got them playing exciting football like ever since hodgson supposedly retired from manager management he came up right like and he got them playing in a completely different playing style this is awfully similar to like how company got burnley playing but i don't know i i guess it like it's bound to it's bound to happen at some point like and managers don't stick forever can we can we take a quick moment to appreciate roy hodson or at this point probably the corpse of roy hodson i i think what he, oh. he's what 75 years old yeah 76 <laughs> 
<laughs> no, one amazing stat is that the three oldest managers ever in the Premier League are Roy Hodgson, Roy Hodgson, and Roy, Roy Hodgson. Royal Hodgson, bro. <laughs> Done. Done. Bro. He's still good, man. Like I don't even know how he gets the dressing room all riled up. Like, bro, it's from respect for your elders. What the fuck? <laughs> Stand up when Roy comes in, bro. He's probably at the stage where he doesn't even like need to like he doesn't need to lift a finger or raise his voice because can he like, raise his voice? Like yeah, he, <laughs> he can't. And and like the fact is like as you said, respect probably the whole like dressing room pin drop silence. And if you stress him out, he might die. He probably has like a like an assistant who does all his like shouting for him like. The, the dictator <laughs> in the dressing room is probably his assistant who, who yeah, <laughs> that, like, he has his version of that, like. The anger interpreter, bro, that PMP skip, <laughs> that PMP sketch you see, no? The anger yeah. interpreter. <laughs> That's what he has. It's uh, Hodgson and Zaha in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, I don't know what kind of tri- like he'll be tripping hard, man. Like the like the generation gap that's there between him and then his players, like they're all like still yeah. like twenty to twenty five year olds, and they're probably tripping on an entirely different vibe altogether. And he probably still has a pen and paper, and then all of them are chilling on their like iPads and Apple, Apple like your pods and shit. Hey, pen and paper is where it at, bro. What is this hate? I ain't hating. I'm just stating. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. Yeah. So so I am very much of the opinion that if if you're in trouble you need to get one old fucking seasoned seasoned warrior campaign fucking experience. Bro, there is seasoned and then there's overcooked. Yeah. <laughs> My G has been in the cooker from the past like <laughs> That whistle has called multiple times. <laughs> Vaishnav, it's the same with steak also, no? Like, if it's well done, like, really well done, like, you can't even break it apart, like, he won't break under the pressure. This is not even well done, it's fucking congratulations, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We're all going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man it's funny bro. screw you guys you know like i'm taking a two minute break here because like cut this part out akshar okay i'm like because i want to say something that happened during this episode i was shouting my way when vaishnav was talking about conte and i don't know why it did not pick it up and then i realized my whole fucking mic setup was on mute i'm still in the episode by the way Let's stay in the episode. I've blabbered shit. I've blabbered shit for two minutes straight. And like, you can find it on my individual track. But I'm, none of you reacted. I'm like, what the I'm, fuck is this? I'm actually going to put this in the episode, you know. I'm going to put this Obviously. bit. Because there has to be some explanation. Because pe- people will start like writing to us and calling you, Po. That we were talking about Conte and you didn't, not a single diss, like not a single remark, nothing. Okay. You know, I realized I was in mute halfway through your Southampton explanation and I was like, okay, fuck it. Now I can't butt it. Like, and I stayed quiet after <laughs> Guys, I, I think it's time we address the uh, elephant in the room. The 700 million spending elephant in the room. 
which is the absolute shambles that Chelsea Football Club is at the moment. Um, Sorry. I mean, where do you even start? I th- I think, yeah, let's start at the start. Let's start with Tuchel, who was also a managerial sacking in this season, which seems like 55 oh, years ago. <laughs> Dude, I saw this fucking Twitter video. Do you remember that moment in the season where Conte and Tuchel had that handshake and started shouting at each other? And can you imagine, like, that was this season? Can you even believe that? <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah. But not too long after that, um, on September the 7th, after a 1-0 loss to Dinamo Zagreb in the Champions League, uh, Tuchel was sacked. Um, of course, we had a reaction at that time, but now, retrospectively, looking back, what do you guys... Po, I mean, I you couldn't speak during the whole contest, so I'll let you speak on the other rivals of Arsenal. Um Just retrospectively, let's not talk about Potter right now, let's not talk about Lampard right now. Um, what do you think now of what Chelsea did with Tuchel, especially since he's at Bayern Munich right now, probably on his way to win a, a Bundesliga title? That's stupid, man. Like, <laughs> I've been talking about Chelsea for a while on this podcast, and I've always said this: they don't. People call them shrewd. People used to call them shrewd, like under Medina and under uh, Roman, but. I back then also I used to say this. They always used to throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. That's what they did. They just had the money to cover it up and then not fail. They still do. But the thing is, Boli Boli is such a crazed motherfucker that his antics are out there in the public and everyone knows that he's taken such a hands-on approach. He sacked like the director of football before the start of the season he decided to do it himself it, he, everyone's focused on him and that's why Chelsea are in the lime right now right now in terms of their decision making before like Roman used to like operate from some shady bar in like fucking Russia I don't know where but <laughs> no one used to get to know what he wanted or did it's 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 they're stupid that's all that it is like they're fucking stupid but uh, the one sad part is they have money to burn the money the money that they have is no joke no, but but Po, that is actually, do they with with Boli? And I know that's a ridiculous statement because I am the one who said seven hundred million. But um, under Abramovich, they spent that money, but that money was owner financing, and he basically yeah. loaned the club one billion and said, "Yeah, I'm not taking this. It's fine. I, I I love this team." Right. See, the thing is, I never said where the money was coming from. Like, you don't know where Roman's money was coming from either. Yeah, right? but but Boli's not going to do that. He he's not going to put his personal money yeah, into this, like, right? Yeah, is going to like screw them over. How did he make his money? Clear Lake Capital investing firm, some hedge fund. Yeah, but okay, Vaishnav, I have this question for you. Okay, regarding the Tuchel sacking. Now, mm-hmm. J- Chelsea fans love Thomas Tuchel, right? He won them a Champions League, right? And then, like fourteen months or fifteen months later, he's sacked, and that. I'm just asking in in terms of as a Manchester United fan right now we are just super super happy with the way Eric Ten Hag has been performing. Bald is the best. Bald is the fucking best, right? Now we most probably are going to get new owners soon. I mean, can you imagine a situation where a new owner comes in? We have one season which is not that good, and Tuchel. I mean, Tuchel got them in the Champions League. It was a top four finish, but no trophies. Can you imagine a possibility or try to put yourself in the situation of Chelsea fans where Eric Ten Hag gets sacked because new owners have come in? 
like isn't that absolutely crazy do, do you think they had any any justification for sacking tukel at the time they did i mean uh, firstly to go back to the united changeover i genuinely don't see that happening for at least another year so i don't think it's going to happen right now i think it's badly timed but that's probably an episode that we should do later but to get to that you what you said is you, you can only be frustrated right because he is genuinely top 5 6 managers in the world you don't just yeah. like, become that because you were good at football manager like otherwise akshat oh, would shit. be killing everybody everywhere like akshat would be winning fucking north korea the first world cup like it would be done <laughs> i i think i might be wrong but i would like to think some of them would definitely want him back maybe he had a couple bad games towards the end of his sacking but like i don't think it's a hot take to say he's a not better but a more proven manager than even some like eric ten hag like this is not like yeah that it's not i don't think it's a hot take he's won the champions league with your fucking club yeah. with some of these players and what makes it fun here for me is the obama young signing and just it's like investing a lot of money in one place and then forgetting about it and then not being able to recoup any money on it i also found out that not only is a majority owner of draft king so the man is having money money damn but there's no other way to put it that would post it is just stupid like i don't know why they would sack, sack to like you yeah okay cool you're not going to get relegated like that's not going to happen you're not probably going to qualify for the champions league figure it out restructure let him get a little bit of money and do something if not money also you i read this thing which absolutely fucking blew my mind uh in one of potter's last few training sessions on the chelsea pitches like the training pitches there were two games going on okay there was a two 11 one 11 aside game and another nine aside game yeah. happening yeah and i don't remember who it was i think it was mark chapman but somebody on one of these athletic pods and they were talking about how usually when you're having such a vast amount of human beings playing football at a club's training session you call up kids from the youth academies from various levels of your like academic structure and just like get them to play so that your first teamers get a lot of you know activity on a football pitch and uh, maybe that 11 aside game can be only first teamers because that's for 22 yeah. days and it has to be competitive and maybe you rotate your nine aside people into the 11 and vice versa they were all first team players which to me that's like bring it this is this is me on fifa dude this is this is vice now's fifa save like i i have marshall how felix and haland just because i want to like The thing is, even with your FIFA save, you're gonna get bored of it, and you're gonna start all over again because yeah. you know you fucked up. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna immediately start career mode all over again. Yes, poor boys, poor can go into psychiatry. He knows exactly the thought process. Correct. Yeah. Been there, done that. But but then I mean, like, there's been this huge debate, and moving on to Potter now, there's been this huge debate amongst Chelsea fans, and I, a majority of them are. saying that yeah we're really happy potter has been sacked and i think it's both can be true yes potter could have i mean did deserve to get sacked i mean his record just speaks for himself no chelsea manager can keep his job with the record like he did i completely agree but also there is no way he could have succeeded like there is just absolutely no way in hell and you can have any manager in the world okay they might be slightly less shit they might be ninth they might be eighth in the table but for chelsea fans to kind of like have this anger towards potter and i'm like guys you're really missing the point here which is that there you got in probably one of the most exciting managers there is in english football 
And as a football club, the structure, the signings, Chelsea failed Graham Potter. And there's no doubt about it that he did not perform well. His team selection was astonishing at times. Like, really. Like, I was just raising my eyebrows. Like, bro, you know you're under pressure, right? What the hell is playing Reese James' right centre-back, playing Kukurera's left centre-back and having uh, Loftus-Cheek as the right wing-back? Like, it, it was insane. That was his last game, the the one he lost. And, um, Which one was it? Against, uh, no, Wolves, they lost this weekend. They lost now only, yeah. Against Villa. Um, Aston Villa, where they lost 2-0. That was the lineup. Oh, Emery. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit... I do feel bad for him. He didn't help himself at all. But what do you expect? And the thing is that the challenge is starts now for Chelsea. Like, this is where things will get worse. Because you have burdened the next manager who's coming in with, like, this completely, completely filled squad of players, not even one of the players the new manager ha- would have selected. Not even one of them. Like, Graham Potter, maybe he had, like, 20%, 25% input in the signings which came in, in January. Maybe he had 80%, whatever. Point is, the new manager who comes in will have 0%, right? Mm. So you will have to go and buy new players now. And as Vaishnav said, it's fucking 11v11 and 9v9, right? They'll, <laughs> they'll form a fucking Chelsea Premier League or something, bro. Like, they'll have fucking competitions within the team itself at one point. <laughs> You, it's already a bloated squad, and I mean, you can't even sell those players now. By the way, like they're that, all on big exactly. fat eight-year-old contracts. Yeah, and like no one's touching them with a ten-foot pole now. Like no a- one and is. The, the kind of players you want to keep at the club, people like Mason Mount, want to leave. And yeah, okay, he's not been in great form, but who the fuck has been in good form apart from like a few defenders here and there? So it's a huge loss. I mean, you want to reduce the squad size, but Mason Mount is a huge loss, right? And one last thing, Po, like before uh, I go, come on to you, but like there are... Watch Mr. Burns. What, what, what? Nothing, Po. Nothing. It's good if you didn't hear that. <laughs> but um, the managers who are in the shortlist and the ones they're targeting are Luis Enrique and Nagelsmann. Again, two managers who are very good managers, but two who have such a distinct style of play, who will not be able to play with everyone, right? Like, they need Mm. players who fit their profile to have any sort of success. So, it is going to be a disaster. Like, the way things are continuing right now, it is going to get even worse for Chelsea. Yeah, Po, you wanted to say something. I was going to say, Po, you want to come in, but then I held myself this time. You mean, Akshat, you came on to him now. Screw you, da. But what I was saying was, like, the problem with Potter, though, like, they like got him on into the team saying that this would be a long-term vision and a project, and we believe yeah. that Potter would be... Or step in the right direction because there have been too many managerial changes and there have been too many changes all across the board as well. Like they needed some sort of stability, and that like look at the way that turned out. Like they've, as you guys said, they have like 30, 35 players on their like register playing for them, and like none of them are like well, who Potter wants. Like yeah, nobody like Potter doesn't want any of those players. Like 
even now like in the winter transfer window you saw them buying enzo you saw them buying mudrick i still don't think potter had a say in those like you saw them <laughs> buying mudrick <laughs> yeah okay cool but I'm, i i saw them happily like buying mudrick and look at where that turned out now yeah like, you don't don't know yeah i mean he looks like the ukrainian jovino bro like bring it Oh, I think to 3 and 1/2 back months po use a different guy altogether i feel like listen listen we've gotten trossard now and like i don't want to get into that when he's been fucking revolutionary for us but okay that is like a side note what i was trying to say was potter faced the same problem like that lampard faced like a couple of managers before him like he lampard was the only choice that they had because they couldn't go out and sign any player and no other manager would want to come to chelsea at that point of time because that they had that whole transfer ban yeah, and shit yeah. he managed to do well he got them into the champions league with like a set of players from the academy who who would listen to him and then like his philosophy and everything and then shit hit the fan when they bought new players once the transfer ban lifted and he couldn't handle that dressing room their egos and like it was it got too big for him and look who they've turned to now like they've t- they've gone back to lampard like if it was too much for him to handle back then ask him to handle 35 fucking superstars now <laughs> fine mason mount you were talking about dude's going to sign a contract now because lampard's back but like that's the only plus point for a che- uh, for a chelsea fan like but but will he i mean like he knows i think he might like if lampard stays for a while he's not but i don't think he is he's not but he's been he's been told very clearly that it's inter uh, you want or you think the ole gunnar solskjaer story is uh, going to happen no right? no the, the the thing is like dude chelsea had this like whole uh, they've been through interim managers before and they had this set guy i don't know why they didn't go back to gus heading like he did good for them also like in two stints after mourinho each time mm-hmm. and they were fucking yeah and then they went back to lampard now like lampard ah, he's not selling hot sir let him yeah. let him just spend time with the grandkids what masochism is this po i was going to ask if he's still alive but like okay this answers my question no like the the necromancer was busy working on hodson that weekend dude so fuck man <laughs> shit i mean i'm going to enjoy life cuz i'm going to help what do you guys think though like what what do you think they are like looking to do like with lampard there like they he did lose his first game back as well right now we're recording right after he lost yeah i mean i think it's it's a they're talking to nagelsman they're talking to luis enrique and they've decided the season's gone to absolute shit and let's just get someone who the fans kind of like and they got lampard till the end of the season i i mean they've been very clear that this is an interim appointment they've been very clear that this is only to the end of the season and lampard himself in the press conference has like said those things so i genuinely don't think he has a chance um of becoming the permanent manager and please 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 i hope he does cuz see the thing is whenever i criticize lampard right something good happens dude he wins like the next game and chelsea are playing madrid next so i'm a little bit like i have to control myself over here but um, dude like i hope i hope they go all the way i hope they okay. go all the way through uh, in the champions league i do i don't mind seeing them lift another but i know because of 
what will follow that is, next uh, for the arsenal that. fan I, I can't... wanting chelsea fans <laughs> to win the champions league i don't care i don't care <laughs> I don't care how you going to spin this I don't care how you're going to spin this the reason why I'm saying it is I know shit's going to hit the fan after he's he's planning moves years in advance fuck man <laughs> been reading the art of war bro it's going to be a good set dude what is fuck man for logan dude i you know the the most um flip thing is like chelsea fans man they're freaking excited to see lampard back especially that like that dude called um, rory whatever his name is R- rory jennings but like they're freaking excited or most of them are like yeah like not just him like but like a few fans on twitter as well like that's the i've i limit my uh, interactions to chelsea fans to only twitter by the way uh, i can't handle them in real life <laughs> so it's 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 a it's it's a surprise seeing them actually happy for him like and these are the same guys who drove potter out called them called him shit and potter's a hundred times better manager than like lampard any day i would say that like easily but but it's also like the circumstances right po cuz they know it's interim like they like fuck it yeah let's just let's just get someone we like kind of a thing i, I don't know um just one of the boys yeah i just want to I want to give a quick word to Lampard's midfield partner who also got sacked earlier in the season, Steven Gerrard. Um <laughs> at at Villa, uh he got sacked in October. When he was sacked, Villa had 9 points in 11 games. And now um ever since Unai Emery took charge of Villa, um they have either the third or the fourth best record in the Premier League. They're now up to 6th. third right they've now they're now on a four game winning streak oli watkins looked fantastic um a lot of their players in fact are are hitting form right now so uh kudos to like the great work which um which he's doing over there una emery is doing there um but steven gerrard again it this whole crop of these english managers who came up and you you think about that particular team right scolds managed for like 40 days at oldham gerard had a great run at rangers a horrible run at villa lampard is okay fine i'm saying it lamps i'm saying it i hope they don't beat madrid but quite possibly one of the worst managers i've ever seen manage in the premier league I I don't show what has been there now come on I mean, let's not do this Bro. are you purposely letting gary neville out of this conversation or he's like, never in the premier league i'm going there so gary neville yeah i'm not talking about the premier league i'm talking about him being a shit manager yeah that entire crop of players um gary neville that's not fair enough i mean bro he had a horrible run yeah 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 gary usako <laughs> go on <laughs> I'm just saying like he's taking stray shots. Yeah. My man was a right back. He's chilling. You just went and said hey, yeah, fuck. Yeah. I mean like even contemporaries like Patrick Vieira for that matter like to- totally totally yeah. hard. Oh. You know Hon- Henri was a horrible manager. Like, yeah. Henri sucked monkey balls like as a manager but that's what it is like great p- players don't often turn out to be good managers and that's tried and tested by the way. Tarnish, don't don't make generalizations. Rooney did well, and Rooney is born. They're de- they're definitely outliers to that, but like the general trend is that great players don't make for great managers. Their expectations are too high. 
it doesn't work I mean out. you're saying that and the top two in the Premier League are managed by Arteta and Pep Guardiola so <laughs> I don't know they were never like great great players you can make an you can make an argument for Pep ஒன்றி <laughs> ஜெராடிங் <laughs> <laughs> they do they were afraid that that treble was in jeopardy and the first game that tukul comes back to he'll fucking lost that dfb pokal semi final so screw you you deserve no, that his first game back was against dortmund he beat them no yeah and he won he did that was a huge game but then pose right they did lose the cup yeah yeah the trebles out of the window now and i don't think he can do a champions league vaishnav what do you think dude I thought we already spoke, but then I realized it's lost to the interwebs. <laughs> that episode. It's somewhere in the data yeah. in the world. Listeners <laughs> have got. Sorry, listeners have got to go find it. They have to listen to my thoughts. Find that but hard like, drive, bro. who's which is at like the bottom of an ocean right now. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Hectic. Akshat contributing to climate change, bro. Fucking directly. <laughs> but like. I don't know bro I feel like teams like Bayern and Juve are always lolling they're just doing whatever and they somehow win they're like you said big head no earlier in this episode yeah they're also big head only bro these people are just like oh fuck another title <laughs> and I think we said no in that past episode like they literally have the past 10 Bundesliga titles yeah. like yeah they can just put it on quick sim and wake up 3 years later and be like <laughs> okay we have three more titles like you don't need to be hands on anymore <laughs> and i think this is like they're just spoiled man i i think they're going to rule uh sacking nagelsmann even if yeah maybe you don't win anything this year which also i don't think is would have happened yeah but like i think he's the next big manager worldwide <laughs> like the just the cachet of having somebody like that i think is a big deal to a brand like bayern but i mean i guess you do what you're going to do but j- just to play devil's advocate here um are they are bayern maybe this successful because they're able to root out problems and change things yeah. before it gets bad and maybe that can't argue can't argue with the success but like i said it's like about what you want to like yeah cool you can bro i don't at this point i don't even know if bayern fans care that they won 10 league titles in a row at this point it's just like okay guys next year and then okay guys next year and then okay guys next year do something different bro put some tarka on the shit like put some spice like fucking let's go like play some nice football you tried it with pep for a bit and i was fucking awesome like genuinely i was fucking so cool would it nagels win go all the way or no instead of tukul though he's also that type of a manager yeah guys off the air can i ask a question it's on the air but it's only on the record we don't know no, anything no, off the record, record. full transparency <laughs> you guys have been there like you guys have been there like consecutive winning like but once you do win something 
and if you do win if you do win uh-huh. huh? Huh? <laughs> do the expectations disappear for the next season and does the enthusiasm and the whole uh, excitement yeah, listen, disappear listen 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 your manager has hair no no competition to us it's not that dude answer my question honestly like this is this is this is heart to heart no this I, is heart to heart buddy it, they're giving you a head start actually it i mean to answer your question i think it's different it's different in the premier league i feel like the level of competition and the other great teams are there it's so much tougher to do it so i don't think that hunger goes but like a bayern who are so much richer like a psg who are so much richer than all the other teams in their league i think it becomes like kind of like a procession at at some point right i don't think the premier league can ever be like that mm. hopefully yep yep and also united are better than bayern so fuck them oh like <coughs> way better <laughs> I think that's a good place to end this episode. Uh thank you guys for coming on. Let's see if this episode gets released or is this going to be a hat trick of recording. Don't say this. <laughs> I don't even know at this point. But yeah, thank you listeners. I'm, I'm very sorry for the delay. It's been a long while we know. Even sorry, bro. Wait for us, man. You got to wait for quality content. Yeah. Don't apologize. The the analogy which I use on the group is what I'm going to use to end this episode is that we suffered an injury. We tried coming back two or three games too early. Suffered a minor setback and now we're good. The injury is healed. We're ready. The business end of the season. We're going to score some fucking bang and goals let's get it bro let's get it let's get it <laughs> so thank you guys for reaching the end of the episode we will see you next week and oh yeah whatever amar says dude the twitter and wherever all platforms just find us somehow <laughs> what a shitty way to end it. i don't know bro <laughs>